You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Hey, have you heard the big news? I'm starting an online community for Startup Nation next month. And I am looking for 20 founding members who want to work closely with myself to shape the community experience step by step. If you want to apply, go to blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. Today, my featured guest is Perry Marshall. He is one of the most expensive business strategists in the world. He's endorsed in Forbes and Inc. Magazine and has worked with clients such as FanDuel, Infusionsoft, uh, Infusionsoft, and Lone Builder. He founded the $10 million Evolution 2.0 Prize with judges from Harvard, Oxford, and MIT. Launched at the Royal Society in London, it's the world's largest science research award. Now, Perry is a published scientist. NASA's Jet Propulsion Labs uses his 80-20 curve as a productivity tool. His reinvention of the Pareto Principle is published in Harvard Business Review. His Google book laid the foundations for the $100 billion pay-per-click industry. So if you've ever used pay-per-click startup nation, you can thank Perry for that. And his book, Ultimate Guide to Google Ads, is the world's best-selling book on internet advertising. Marketing maverick uh, Dan Kennedy says about Perry, if you don't know who Perry Marshall is, unforgivable. Perry's an honest man in a field rife with charlatans. Now, Perry's consulted in over 300 industries. He has a degree in electrical engineering and lives in Chicago, uh, Illinois, USA. So you can find him at perrymarshall.com, perrymarshall.com. And he and I are going to really get into something unique and different that you have never heard of before, Startup Nation. And it is going to make you more money. So Get your pen and paper out. You're going to take vigorous notes today and you're going to learn and you're going to grow and you're going to make more money if you actually execute what Perry is about to give you. So Perry Marshall, welcome to your first 100K top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? Well, well thank you, Joe. And it's, it's really great to be here. It turns out we've got a bunch of interesting friends in common, even though we never met. And this is definitely going to be an interesting show just based on 
you know, before we came on today. So uh, making more money, uh, clearing out a lot of um, intellectual and emotional blocks to doing better. And yeah, thank you for having me on. You are welcome. So in my line of work, I call those rocks, the rocks that weigh us down, right? From childhood and trauma, uh, past experiences, broken relationships, and they really block us uh, from showing up 100% who we are in our businesses, which limits the amount of money that we make. You call it head trash. And then you use the term financial head trash. So we're going to get into that today because I know a lot of my listeners are walking around with headfuls of financial head trash. So before we get into it, uh, take a minute, share something personal about you, Perry, that very few people in your business life actually know. Well, I, I just came back from Nebraska uh, over the 4th of July holiday where my wife's parents are both 90 years old and they live in Philly, Nebraska. And um, boy, I tell you, if, if I'm moving along as well as they are when I'm 90, then I think I'm, I'm probably doing pretty well. So are they like hashtag senior goals? Is that kind of the? Well, you know, they're, they're farmers and, you know, grandpa walks with a walker. Grandma still gets along pretty well. And we, we went to a, like, we went to the county fair and they had this horse thing, you know, where the people are doing, you know, riding through the mazes and stuff. And, you know, and grandpa's sitting there in his chair and commenting on everything. And, uh, look, you know, uh, the, you know, the guy's made mistakes in his life that I like the year, the year I met my wife, he made, he netted $200 because his farm was losing money and he had a car wash and like, I mean, he's an entrepreneur, right? And um, I didn't know very many entrepreneurs back then. Um, but, you know, he, he, he solved things. Uh, in fact, he stopped farming right after that, moved to Oklahoma City and started a floor cleaning business where he's driving 100 miles every night in the middle of the night between all these grocery stores, you know, buffing all of these floors and making the floors shine. And mm. um, look, you know, there's just, um, in, there's something about certain kinds of people like he and my, my dad's dad, who died a long time ago, I met another guy in China who didn't even speak English. And I'm like, this guy, this Chinese farmer guy reminds me of those farmer guys. You know, they just radiate the certain energy and yeah. they, they, they all like wear the same kind of pants. Like, I don't know how that works. Um, but I, you know, I probably need to, you know, verbalize my admiration a little more. Like, you know, they're just very ordinary people and we just have very ordinary conversations. But, you know, sometimes there's some extraordinariness. Yes. That works. There's extraordinariness in the ordinary if we look uh, for yeah. it. Right. And listen, someday I wish you luck with someday you're going to end up wearing those pants, those farmer pants. So that's awesome. Good luck with that. Okay. So let's get into, uh, you sent me your new book. I have it here in my hands. It's called memos from the head office. 
channeling the muse in business and in life. Now, a mutual friend of mine uh, is quoted right here on the cover, Mark Victor Hansen. He's been on the show. Uh, he wrote, God's got multiple memos in your message box awaiting your immediate response. Now, for all my Christian listeners out there, this is really going to resonate with you. For my atheist and agnostic listeners, hey, listen, if that's where you are in your spiritual journey, okay, let's start there. But all I ask is be open. Just be open. Are you open to truth? Right? You don't have to put a name on it or a label or religion. Just are you open to truth and growing and pursuing truth? If you are, keep listening. If you're closed off to truth and growth, please hit like stop right now and go find another show where they're smoking weed and, and escaping reality. Okay. This is not your show, but if you want the truth, we're going to get into it today and listen, Perry's got the business experience, acumen, success that you want, that you admire. So he's a guy to listen to. What does he have? Why is it working? And he's about to tell us about it. So Perry, first off, why'd you write this book, Memos from the Head Office? Like, how is this going to help business folks out there? So I'll, I'll tell you a story that I didn't expect to be telling today, but I just, I, it's the story to tell. Um, about 17 years ago, my brother, who was a missionary in China, said, I'm done with this Christianity stuff. I don't believe in it anymore i'm almost an atheist i'm moving back home and i'm hanging i'm completely hanging up this religion stuff and we're both pastors kids and we had a bunch of conversations about this but the subject of let's just call it the miraculous came up and he goes perry all of those stories are like placebo effect wishful thinking big bag of smoke. It's not real. And at that, I, I had like a bumper sticker moment. And the bumper sticker moment was, I can't tell if he's giving me a bumper sticker slogan, or if I'm giving him a bumper sticker slogan. Because I at the time did not have first-hand experience with anything like that. I only had second-hand experience. And he was saying, nobody, when you dig into those stories, you're going to find out there's nothing to them. Mm. And I suddenly didn't know. And I got thrown into this neutral zone where I'm like, okay, I'm an electrical engineer. I'm a very logical guy. I'm a very evidence-based person. I'm like, I need to get to the bottom of this and find out if it's for real or not. And for about a year, I was completely like, not sure. And in fact, my radar was turned up to a 10 on this stuff all of a sudden. And I started looking for stuff and I, I would start, I would chase things down and I would find a bag of smoke and I would chase things down and I would find a bag of smoke. And I started really wondering, but I had an experience in the middle of that. And here's what the experience was. So, so uh, back up a step. So when I had this experience, I'm a year and a half into my first real, real business, like full-time 
as a freelancer doing marketing, consulting, communications work, writing magazine articles, doing you know, web traffic for people. This is in the early 2000s. And so I had quit my job, parachuted out, here I am, okay? So I read Richard Koch's book, The 80-20 Principle. And um, when I got to page 14, my brain set on fire because he made this comment The 80-20 has a lot to do with fractals and chaos. I'm like, wait a minute. I've studied that. That one sentence like opens up a whole universe. Wait a second. That means this and this and this and this and this and this. It means this would have to be a calculus formula. Like I went into full engineering mode. And I'm like, what's the calculus formula? Because if you knew that, you could figure out a lot of stuff. It would be incredibly valuable. And I couldn't find anything anywhere. And so this one day, it was a Friday. And it was in March of 2003. And all day long, I was like, what's the, what's the math formula? And I was obsessing about this. And the other thing was, um, earlier that week, I had had a, and, and Joe, I, I'm sure you've experienced this. I had a caveman discovers fire moment in my business where something worked, right? And then a bunch of money showed up. I live for those moments. <laughs> and um, I made more money in one hour than I was used to making in a month. And my gears were stripped. Mm. And I was thinking, how could I use these skills to help this little tiny project in Mozambique. They got a school and a church and a feeding program and an AIDS hospice and all this stuff. So I was obsessing about calculus in Mozambique all day long as one does. (laughs) And there, it was a Friday and there was this music thing at church. And so I went to it in the evening and they were just playing music and I was just in La La Land. It was kind of Pink Floydy kind of music. And I'm thinking about calculus and I'm thinking about Mozambique and I'm trying to figure this out. And all of a sudden I look up and there's this woman makes a beeline for me. She walks right up to me. She shakes my hand. She says, hi, my name is Vivian and the Lord gave me a word for you. Now, this had never happened to me before. Remember, this is all secondhand, right? Mm -hmm. Heard of it, never seen it. I'm not really sure if it's real or not. And she goes, the Lord told me that you're very good at math and you're working some kind of equation, some kind of formula, some kind of invention. And you're going to figure it out. You just got to keep it, keep at it. You're going to figure it out. And I looked at her and I looked around and I did math. (laughs) What are the chances that anybody's working on a math problem right now at eight o'clock on a Friday night with Pink Floyd music? And what are the chances that she got me the first time? Whoa. And she turned to walk away and then she spun around and she goes, oh, and he told me something else too. You want to support missions and God is going to bless your business so you can support missions. Mm. And now she seriously had my attention. Mm. And I stared at her. I was 
almost on the verge of tears. And all I could manage to say was, if only you knew. And she goes, he knows, points her finger up in the air and, and the walk just walks away. Just like that. And it's like she was reading your inner thoughts. Yes. And I stood there and I was like, what are the chances of getting both of those things right at the same time with a perfect stranger? I never, I've never met this person. I have no idea who she is. Right. On a Friday night, twice in a row. And I just stood there. I'm like, dude, you just had. So to me, it was even more important simply that it had happened than what the content of it was. Mm-hmm. Because unmistakable that I had, like I had gotten like a divine tap on the shoulder. And it was like, Perry, you can never go back to not being sure whether this stuff happens or not. Hmm. This just happen to you. That's one thing that I find so curious is our personal experiences are undeniable. Right. Right. Which, and our personal experiences become part of our story and you can't argue someone's story. Like it's their story. Right. So you're sitting there, Perry, and this happens. It's surreal. You're like, what just happened? I just had a firsthand memo, divine download from heaven through this woman, total stranger, read my thoughts, my innermost thoughts that I've been working on now for some time and gave encouragement and reassurance that it's going to work out. I'm going to solve it. And I'm going to make more than enough money to support missions. What What do you do next with that? Because sometimes we'll just second guess it and our mind will say, no, it didn't actually happen. And then we'll go into self-doubt. Like, what did you do next with that information? Did you take an action? What did you do? And Startup Nation, be patient right now as we're going through Perry's story, because we're going to get right to the how this is going to make you more money. So hang on. Go ahead, Penny. So so I think the first thing is, is that you have to answer a question. And the question is, hey, wait a minute, did that really happen? And if the answer is yes, then you just hit a fork in the road. Okay, and, and look, in, in we could go totally away from the religion department in, the, in, the, in the, any other department of your life, but there's this like question, when is it and what, like, what's the list of things that you know that you know that you know that you know even if you're not even sure you want to think about it. Okay. Like I think there are certain anchor points. There's certain like pylons in your life. Like I had that experience and I know what that is like, Mm -hmm. or, you know, I went to school and I studied this certain thing and I, I know something about blood pressure, you know, because I went to medical school or like whatever it is. I think it starts with knowing what, because, because there's this funny thing that happens to us is we forget. Yes. And like, this was something I had to not forget. Yes. In fact, experiences like this, my experiences, they're written on invisible ink 
And you can actually literally just completely forget about them unless you tell and retell and retell the story. I have told this story so many times and you could go, go on YouTube, go on podcasts. You'll find this story. I tell it exactly the same way every time, because this is exactly what happened. Okay. And it is not written in invisible ink anymore. Mm. And I think in order to move forward in life, you have to embrace what you know is true, even if it kind of wants to flee, go fleeing away. And then, then what do you do? Well, this kind of, you know, this conversation took all of one minute. And it's one of the most important conversations I ever had in my life, unquestionably. It is the most important conversation I ever had in my career. And there were two takeaways. One was, well, gee, I guess you better keep trying to figure out that formula. Like, don't stop. And I think I would have stopped. I would have been content to draw it on a napkin, close enough, approximations. Mm -hmm. It was like, no, get the exact answer. And so I did. And I would work on it, get stuck, set it aside, work on it, get stuck. It took three years. And I finally figured it out. And it's now published in Harvard Business Review. Okay. The, the, other, the other thing was, she said, God is going to bless your business so you can support missions. And what that meant to me was, hey, guess what, Perry? It's actually okay to be successful. Mm. Speak about that right there, because there's a lot of, as you call it, financial head trash that a lot of entrepreneurs have going on right now. Some are conscious of it. They've been working on it for years with therapists. Uh, others, it's unconscious. It, there's just this self-sabotage that happens every time they get close to success or close to that financial milestone. And then they do something and they're like, why did I do that? And it crashes and burns. Talk about that financial head trash for my listener right now who's sitting in that place. So my brother, Brian, who quit being a missionary, almost an atheist, um, Brian has this very interesting saying. Brian is now a mild, open-minded agnostic, okay? <laughs> he he kind of came away from the atheist extreme. He, he says something very interesting. He said, whether you believe in God or not, you have an idea about God that still affects your behavior anyway. That's very true. <laughs> it's very yeah. profound. Okay. It's like, I don't believe any of that. I read skeptic magazine. I, you know, I'm a science guy. They sent me to Sunday school and I hated it. I don't believe any of that stuff. You still have a notion about God that is still like in your ear. Mm -hmm. And it's leading your life, your decisions, right. your behavior. Right. And in, in fact, if you're a hardcore skeptic, you're actually living your life reacting against it. So what Brian says is no matter where you are in the religious spectrum, you've actually got to straighten out your idea about God, even if you think he's a mythical figure. Hmm. So he actually endorses doing like prayer counseling, things like that. Because even if you don't believe it's God talking to you, if you just believe it's you talking to yourself, it's still a way of working through um, like what your beliefs are. Mm. Okay. Now for me personally, 
I grew up in a keep the financial foot on the brake environment. Okay. Like, okay, you don't have to have your foot on the brake all the time, but you better have your foot just ready to slam on the brake because money is the root of all evil and like all of that. I, I grew up in Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln is a, a Nebraska. It's a very like egalitarian place. It's a more religious place than average. It's mm-hmm. very conservative. And like you don't stick your head like above everybody else. Like you have a, a, a Nebraska Cornhuskers mailbox and you have a beige house and you have your, you know, quarter acre and you mow your lawn and you pay your taxes. And like, that's what people do in Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay. So it's really uh, about blending in uh, rather than rising up or yes. transcending your, your, your about, current. Yeah. Yes. And it was all about being reliable, responsible, punctual, you know, obedient, do like doing the stuff right. So, so the, the idea of like totally taking charge of your life and being really successful or pushing things to an extreme, like this is just not mm. what you ought to do. Okay. So and- Perry, let me pause right there if I may, because I think this goes into an area I'm very passionate about, which is control. Uh, so I am a self-diagnosed little control freak. Uh, it has served me well. Congratulations. Uh, what's that? Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you very much. It's only taken me 30 years to self-diagnose. But, uh, you know, I, I had some early business success. Then I had 10 failures in a row. And then I had another success. And the whole time, um, you know, that that all those, those may... All, all that time period was me trying to control outcomes, results, situations, and people. Okay. So it was my little control freak trying to play God in my own life or my own little universe. And I pushed God away and I, I was agnostic. Then I went atheist and it was just, I was more indifferent to God, which is even worse than hatred. Right. And, and I got everything that I wanted financially success, pleasure, all of it, money. And I was empty, broken, miserable, um, and suicidal, right? As a result of that. So what is the, the distinction between uh, getting memos from heaven, memos from God versus uh, going to work on your own financial head trash, self-healing, self-love, um, and playing that little control freak in your life. Why is one better than the other? Is one better than the other? Was that a clear question? Well, I start with the assumption that you have to learn to listen to yourself before you're ever going to hear God. And like, it starts with listening, period, and you can sort out where it came from later. Okay. Okay, but, but this is really important because when I was a kid and a teenager, I went through some traumatic experiences that made me the guy who lives inside of his own head. Okay, mm-hmm. and like head to heart connection cut off. All right, and I used to have this boss. This guy was an evil boss, but I didn't, 
immediately recognize he was evil. But later I kind of realized that every time the receptionist would say, hey, Nick's on the line for you. Every time I reached to pick up the phone, I would feel this jolt of electricity in my chest, which was panic. And in that situation, my head told my heart a story. It was like, no, no, it's okay. Nick's all right. No, Nick was not all right. Nick was a disaster. And eventually the disaster played out. And I knew it in my gut, but I had cut myself off from all those feelings, okay? And so people like that are very susceptible to a good sounding intellectual story about rationalizing like why we should do something. What I learned was like when you're, when you're on a phone call with somebody and your stomach is like churning, like just listen to your stomach. You don't even have to have a complete explanation of like why this is a bad person. Your stomach knows before your brain does. So just listen. So like, I think it starts there. Okay. So like you, I journal in the morning. It's best habit I've ever cultivated. And it's like, I just write and I just let the pen go. I'm not composing. I'm not pushing. I'm not copywriting. I'm not editing. It's like switch the editor off and just let it come. Okay. And so like, I think a lot of people, they might be afraid like, oh, like Perry's going to push some God thing on me. No. How about Let's not push anything on you. How about you just start to pay attention to the little signals that are going on, listen to yourself, get to where you could wake up in the morning, get out of the shower, not be in your email, not be on your phone, go get a notebook or a piece of paper and just write, just journal, have gratitude, uh, process the idea that you had in the shower, think about the dream you just had last night, think about your day, ask what your questions are and like put the questions out there. Okay, whoever it is out there, how should I solve this problem, mm. right? And, and see if an answer comes. Um, you know what I, I think is funny is just because somebody hears my story doesn't convince them that this stuff is real. They're just convinced that it's real for me but they're, what they're really like is, well, it's not real to me until it's real to me. And this hasn't happened to me. So it doesn't really matter what you think happened to you. What I care about is what happens to me. And what my message to you is, okay, you need to open yourself up to it and let it come. Because you're probably, you're very, very probably not in control of when that comes anyway. Yeah. Fair point. Fair point. So Startup Nation, we are speaking with the Perry Marshall. Uh, he wrote this book, Memos from the Head Office, which is a play on words, but it's pretty much divine uh, inspiration, divine guidance uh, from heaven, from God, um, whatever label you uh, put to that. And Perry believes that this is uh, not only just a, um, it's not a religion thing. It, it's, it's definitely a faith thing, but he's, he's saying this is a tool for your business and it's a tool for critical thinking. It's a tool for problem solving. It's not trying to figure it all out yourself. And it's, it's letting uh, your, however you want to call it, your higher power um, guide you and lead you in your life. Now, listen, if you're anything like me, Startup Nation, and you have 
this entire like path behind you of all your poor decisions <laughs> and broke <laughs> and broken relationships and just all this human wreckage behind you and business wreckage. And you have uh, a poor relationship with money, for example, and you just can't get to your six figure mark. You've been trying for three, four years now, and it's just not working and you don't know what it is then Perry is inviting us to go to a different source other than your, your head. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, hey, listen, you're, you're not an accident. You were made, you're here. You have this, this way of, of transcending. That's why you're drawn to doing things bigger than you. That's why you're drawn to having impact in the world. Otherwise, you wouldn't care. You'd be indifferent to it. You would just be happy at you know playing limited, playing small, but you're not. So if you're drawn to something more, you probably came from something more. And he's saying, why don't you tap into that more, the head office, and ask God, hey, what do you think I should do about this problem? Like, I can't figure it out for the life of me. And he's got, like, I read through his book, the entire book. And it's rare when an author sends me their book that I'll read their whole book, just to be real. Yeah. So if you're going to send me a book, just know I'm not going to read the whole thing, okay? Unless yeah, it's too. just so darn intriguing. And this was intriguing. And I'm reading story after story after story that are uh, measured, they're tracked. Uh, you can look up the people. You know these are real stories, real people of... Uh, and some of them are are not religious people, right? They're atheists and agnostics, and they're getting these divine downloads um, for making decisions. I read on the back cover, a currency trader receives a million dollar algorithm as a mental download. A financial advisor uh, has ominous dreams three nights in a row, then wants her clients to cash out. Three days later, market uh, markets plummet as COVID hits. Two years into a bogus lawsuit, a CEO chooses to forgive. His attorney calls four minutes later, and the case gets settled. These ideas did not come from within these people, but from a power outside of themselves. Perry calls it the muse. And what he's saying is, listen, Startup Nation, you don't have to hustle harder. You don't have to raise your IQ or earn an MBA or hire all those really expensive coaches to solve your most pressing problems. The lines of communication are open if you only listen. Whether you're Catholic, Buddhist, Jewish, or agnostic, or atheist, memos from the head office will show you how to resolve impossible conflicts, access new breakthroughs in your business, navigate jagged situations in your relationships, reveal hidden insights in your finances. In other words, you get to win. Like, why would you not try this? Now, I've done it myself. I didn't call it memos from the head office, but it was the same source, right? And man, it doesn't work. I brought my clients through this. I was telling Perry offline, I brought them through this. And they just started crying on the phone as I'm leading them through these prayer healings. And they're getting answers. And I'm not making up anything. They're getting the answers to questions they've had for 30 freaking years excuse my term, mm -hmm. and they couldn't make it up in half a second. And it's the answer that solves the problem. So Perry, like my listener right now, they're a little intrigued. They're maybe a little inspired. And they're like, okay, how do I actually make money with this? What do you got for them? Because listen, that's why they're here. They want to make money. They want to grow their business and provide for their family so they could travel more and impact more lives period. So I'd like to suggest 
a very, very powerful morning ritual, which is don't get on your phone, don't get on your computer, get your cup of coffee and sit down with a piece of paper and write down whatever your big question is for the day, for the month, for the year, or for your business or whatever, and just write it down. And so first of all, all right, it's out there. Like, this is the question, like, where do I find a new CFO? Or, you know, or uh, how do I meet payroll? It's the 26th and the 31st is coming up really, like whatever. You write it down, like there it is. And now your, your, your brain is switched on, okay? And the, and the second step is, I want you to ask heaven for an answer or whatever you want to call it. Source, God, higher power. And try this. When you write the question, expect an answer and write down the very first thing that comes. Do not edit. Do not worry if it makes any sense. Do not worry if it's gibberish. Just write it down and get it on the piece of paper. You can decide what you're going to do about the answer later. You decide this afternoon, you could decide tomorrow or next week or next year. Get, but capture the answer. Okay, and get in the habit of switching off the editor, switching off the chattering inside your head and just let it come. Now, and Perry, what if we do this and we don't get any answer? Okay, fine. You didn't get an answer. It's on your piece of paper and it's out there. I don't always get answers. It's fine. Do we come back tomorrow and ask the same question and just repeat yeah. it until we get an answer? Or do we just, hey, it was one time, it's out there now and I'll no, wait. No, I think, I think you should keep going. If it's important enough, to want to ask twice and ask twice. And if it's important enough to ask a hundred times, then ask a hundred times. I think even just prioritizing what answers you're looking for mm. is an incredibly valuable exercise. I agree with you. And, you know, in my personal experience, I used to ask God, heaven, vague questions. And then I would get vague answers. I never asked specific questions because I thought I wasn't allowed to. I had some like <laughs> religious or spiritual dysfunction there. And when I started asking specific questions, like you used the example, hey, you know, who is uh, going to be my next CFO or where do I find my next CFO or God, what should I do about this specific situation uh, that's coming up on Friday, this meeting, it's unavoidable. What do I do? Do I go left or right? And when I got very specific, and then the second ingredient, when I expected an answer, like believed it, I was going to be answered, it was those times that I got the answers. When I left either of those ingredients out, I did not get answers. If I was vague or if I didn't believe I was going to get an answer. Do you find that true as well? Yes. In fact, I'm listening to you going, I should ask more specific questions. I mean, I ask some specific questions, but I need to ask more. Yeah, the more specific the question, the more specific the answer. And you can also ask, is this the right question? Yes. <laughs> right? And there's, there's a real relief when you figure out that you don't have to solve this yourself. 
It's huge. It takes this huge burden off of you. Like well, if you got 20 employees and you feel responsible for all these people, that's a weight. One of the clients I'm working with right now is in that situation. He has, I think, 50 plus employees. He's a big company. And uh, right now, COVID hit them hard. And he feels the weight of all their livelihoods on his back. Yeah. He's carrying this bundle of rocks and he just moves it from one side to the other day after day. And he's constantly weighed down with stress, anxiety. He just can't shake it. All the negative thoughts in his head, et cetera. So what, do you, what should that individual do? Like, how do they go to head office? What do they ask? Well, I think you ask very practical problems like, how are we going to pay the lease this month? And um, which employees really need to go? Um, and what do I tell them? And how do I break the news to them? Mm. Um, and so like what you said a second ago, it was like, I ask and I expect an answer. You know what I found is I always eventually get an answer. Now there's been some of these things that took 10 years. Uh, so I'm not going to pretend that it's just like the magical, you know, wave a magic wand thing, but like the wisdom always shows up. And so like one of my go-to scriptures is if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives generously and without reproach and you'll get it and don't doubt it. And like that has just made good over and over and over and over again. And, and, and so there's a very interesting transformation that can happen is a, I'm not responsible for all of this. I'm, I'm relying on a power greater than myself. And secondly, because of that, I keep pressing the envelope on what I attempt to do. And I just keep raising it higher and higher. I keep shooting for more and more impossible things. Mm. And what, what, if you make that a habit over five or 10 or 15 years, eventually you get to a place where people are like, I can't even fathom how you do all that stuff. They, they can't even relate. Like, how do you, how can you, okay, you got like, for me, largest science research award in the world, started a cancer research foundation six months ago, um, like doing all these things. Like, how did you end up doing that? Like, well, it's kind of a long story, but like, I don't think I'm the person who put me here. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not the person who opened all those doors. In fact, I can tell you all these stories. Well, then like a, a door just suddenly opened and there it was like, you know, I was always pushing, knocking, doing all this stuff. And then all of a sudden I turn and like, there's a wide open door. And this is like the story of my life. And I know that I didn't do that. Like, let's make this super clear. Like I'm not where I am because I did it. Mm. Startup nation. If you've been pushing and pulling and turning dials and nothing seems to be working. Why not try something new? Why keep beating your head against the same wall in the same way? 
It doesn't make sense. It's illogical. So Perry's coming to us and offering something new. So as I would say from this show, this episode, your number one tip and strategy from Perry is to get quiet in the morning time with a pen and paper or a journal and ask very specific questions to heaven, to God, to your maker, uh, to very specific problems in your life, in your relationships, in your business, and expect to get answers and then record exactly what you hear the way you heard it. Don't edit it. Don't overanalyze it for all you overanalyzers out there. Just record it. And then afterwards, go back, look at it, get some wise counsel from others, uh, and then decide what you want to do with that. So I think that's the roadmap, Perry. Did I miss anything? No, I, th I think that's a perfectly good start. Why pile more stuff on that? I'll just suggest to you that what happens to a lot of us, like, I know I've done this, you ignore one thing that like you really should have paid attention to and then you go down a road and then the road just gets darker and darker and darker and you get less and less like it you, you get more locked into your own assumptions you know like, and sometimes we have to back ourselves out of these things which takes humility frankly it's like yeah you know i shouldn't have never gotten an amway in the first place i think that was just a really bad idea right you know, our pride keeps us from uh, admitting that we made a wrong decision. So sometimes we'll just lean in further into the dark alley. Well, I'm just going to go further. I'm not going back to that streetlight because then I have to admit that I made a wrong turn. Yeah. And so many times we live that way. And it's yeah. so ignorant, really. Mm hmm. All right. So Perry, let's uh, close up our, uh, complete our conversation here. What have we not shared that you think is so important for my listener to hear right now about their business, about, you know, God, about their problems, um, about making their first $100,000. So I, th I think if, if you, there's this paradoxical thing because and in one sense, you're kind of responsible for everything. And that's like how any business owner has to be. But there's this yin and yang where, but, you know, you're not completely responsible for it because you're not relying on just your own resources to solve this. So there's other things available. And it's just a whole different space to live in. Mm. And I think it's a much better space. I agree. I think it's a peaceful space when you just unload your burdens every day. All right. So Perry, welcome to my favorite part of the show. Welcome to the hustle round. I'm going to ask you 10 quick fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Ready. What's your favorite thing about being an entrepreneur out on your own, just kind of winging it? It's that there's an, you know, we, we got to meet the payroll and everything else, but there's enormous latitude in, you know, the meandering path that we take to do that, which there's lots of time to go smell the roses. Yeah. It's quite an adventure. What's your least favorite thing? About being an entrepreneur? Yeah. Oh, well, it's, it's the, it's all the responsibility. Um, it's, it, it can be crushing at times. I totally get it. I think we're all struggling with something at any 
part of our life. It's just part of the human condition. Uh, what are you currently struggling with right now, either professionally or personally? Um, I am trying to figure, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to raise $300,000 at the moment for a cancer project. I am also, uh, I have a new CEO and I am, I am trying to figure out how we put that resource to its very highest use um, for everybody involved. And, and boy, there's a lot of puzzle pieces to that. So you know what my listeners saying right now? They're saying, Perry, why don't you take both those specific problems to heaven uh, first thing tomorrow and go get yourself a memo to an answer to those problems? I think that's wise. What are you most afraid of? Um, in my in my dark uh, like being uh, you know ending ending up being insignificant. Mm. Um, something, it would be something along those lines. I get that. What did you spend way too much time doing this past year? Ooh, good question. Um, knocking on little doors that, yeah, like I'm not, I, I'll probably have a better answer in a year than I have today. Uh, it's funny how that works, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I, but I, I know I've been down a few blind alleys this year for sure. Okay. What secret fear do you have about people? Uh, that they'll be- betray me. Although I don't, I don't think I worry about that too much. That's, that's, that's in check, I would say. Got it. Uh, what do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, I wish I had bypassed the Amway chapter of my life. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think there's better things I could have been doing, but, but I did make the most of, of what I did do. That's for sure. Awesome. What's a new habit you want to create? I want, I want my listening acuity to continue to improve. Like it has to like the direction I'm going, uh, then the wisdom needs to be crystal clear. And what's a bad habit you want to break? Um, I got a few OCD um, tendencies that still need to get healed up. Uh, I can't imagine that there's anybody besides me with those kind of problems. Exactly. Uh, pick <laughs> pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, working towards sage. Sage. You know, what what is a sage? You know, it's it's somebody who is uh, kind of like Daniel in the Bible stories when he got older. Like, oh, when you got a really serious problem, you go get that guy. Yeah, that's awesome. So you're doing seven figures in your business right now. Congratulations on that. Um, pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Highly specialized and the better for it. Okay, got it. And last question, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family, your friends in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about everything, life, business, all of it, what would you say to them? Seek wisdom with a capital W. Seek wisdom with a capital W. Any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about making their first six figures, their first 100K this year? 
most people trying to crack the six figure dotted line are trying to be too many things to too many people. Um, the smartest thing I did when I hung out my shingle was I was a marketing consultant in a very, very, very narrow niche where I was pretty much the only one. That is a major key to success. You need to be pretty much the only one. And if you're not pretty much the only one and you are, you are talented and you are skilled, but you're not the only one, then you aren't narrow enough. Mm. Powerful wisdom there. And what's the best way for Startup Nation to get in touch with you if they're interested in your book, Memos from the Head Office? Where do they go? Um, you-, you can go to perrymarshall.com slash memos and get three free chapters. And you can buy the book on Amazon for, I think it's 11 bucks paperback and nine Kindle. It's a cheap book and it'll, it'll totally change your life. It, it is a very profound book. Now, if my audience wants to experience a memo uh, told by someone else or facilitated by someone else for them, you invited me to this like group uh, virtual session, memo session, where they just read names off a list of who's there. They don't go research them or do any background on them. And they just do these divine downloads to each of the uh, participants on the call. That was very surreal for me. Um, where is that still an offering for startup nation? And if so, where did they go? So if you go to perrymarshall.com slash memos and get the free chapters, you'll get on the email list where we occasionally do these group sessions online and, and you can experience one for yourself. So yeah, that's one thing about this book is it tells all these stories, but it gives you an opportunity to actually experience what we're talking about. So people really like these things. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so Perry Marshall, uh, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Hey, Startup Nation, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to listen to my show. Whenever you're ready, there are three ways I can help you. Number one, grab your free 10-day training at first100k.com. That's first100k.com. Number two, Get your hands on a copy of my new book, Your First 100K, How to Make Six Figures in Under 12 Months at josephwarren.net. That's josephwarren.net. And number three, connect with me to discuss how I can work with you on a more personal or one-on-one level at blowuprocks.com. That's blowuprocks.com. I'll see you next week on your first 100K. And remember that wherever you are in your entrepreneurial journey, you're just 100K away.